0: Alright, so I have the, I'm going to make this the most awkward intro as possible. I have the joy and pleasure of introducing Dr. Dan Kimball. He's done a lot of things. He's written some books. He is the amateur record holder of Santa Cruz County for Rubik's Cube solving puzzles. is a professor at Western Seminary. Is that true? Hmm. Yeah. Fired you yet? Uh,
1: professor of um, I just got the title. What was it? Of, yeah.
0: Of uh, leadership and theology. Of leadership and theology our Western Seminary. Okay. Now, awkward intro done. Uh, in realness, um, not only is is Dan Kimball a gifted author, leader, teacher, but this is this is what I would want to say is that he's been a friend and a mentor to me, but.
1: I'm getting a good Instagram shot here.
0: <laughs> I don't really like him, actually. Um, we just, you know, he, he's here. Okay. What I appreciate about Dan the most is that he loves the Bible, and he wants others to love the Bible. So, what time are you supposed to be done? I don't know how much, what do you guys think? Five minutes? <laughs> you got, you got, you got, until you see me going like this, that means you're okay. All right, all right, all right, well.
1: And this is totally, this isn't like, you know, saying one thing or other, you know, I've uh, I met Isaac, I don't know how many years ago now, it might have been like 12 or 15 years ago, I'm not, when, you know, way back, and been you know, following this church, been here several times, and so thankful for what is happening here in Gilroy, that there's um, faithfulness to the scriptures and truth. As culture changes, you are continually teaching truth, and um, and I'm gonna address a very difficult uh, uh, question this morning about does Christianity claim all other religions are wrong because that there's, it's a major, major question because it's really gospel-related in all of this. But um, so I'm so happy to be here, and I just respect Isaac and the team here so much. So actually, I don't know if you know it or not, but like you're really fortunate to be in this church because um, a lot of churches don't do what you're doing here. You know? So I'm just really uh, there. And. And so you know this, when I, before I came here this morning, I sent photos to Isaac of my wardrobe. And so he gave me permission. He picked this jacket out for me. So if you're sitting here like, I don't know if I like what he's wearing, it's Isaac's fault, because he selected it for me this morning. So, all right, here we go. The question, does Christianity claim all other religions are wrong? All right. that's a... Uh, you know, it's like a, what's the word? You feel a little funny, like, Christianity claim all the religions are wrong. Like to say that even is kind of like a little abrasive feeling, like it makes me uncomfortable even saying that. Uh, but I want to, I'm going to address this. But this question is actually, was important to me because I had sort of a life changing moment, so you could say an eternal life changing moment, when I started asking this question way, way back. I was not raised in a uh, growing up in a church, I probably would have said there's God, I was an atheist. It was in New Jersey, right near New York City, and then I went to Colorado State University. And when you go to a university, if you've been to universities, you know, in the beginning of school year, they have uh, tables that are all set out, out in the courtyard in the Colorado State and they're for the different campus clubs, remember the square dancing club, you know, there's different dan- clubs, and then one was, you know, a couple were Christian clubs. And I'm just walking around, looking at it, and then they, on that one of the Christian tables for the campus clubs, they had little, what they used to call tracks, they're like little pamphlets. And I remember like picking one up, and I don't know if it was this one, but it was something like this one that's on the screen. It said something like, you know, one way. And there was some sort of uh, description, and inside, I don't know the Bible verses, because it was a long time ago, but I do remember some of them, because I opened this up, this Christian little pamphlet that I got, and as a non-Christian, thinking there's God, I didn't really think too much about it, and then all of a sudden reading verses, and I'm gonna read these through out loud because I'm gonna come back to these. But these are verses that are very, very important verses, and I would be underlining these in your Bible. I have them all underlined in yellow in my Bible because they're very important ones. But now, I'm picturing, what is I 18 or 19 years old, And I'm opening this up. I didn't know much about Christianity, and I'm reading these words John chapter 14, verse 6 and 7. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Right? Like, all right, I am not a way, one of the truths. And then, like, no one comes to the Father except through whatever you might be doing, or fill in the blank for different religious names, or... He's like, except through me, sanctify Jesus. All right, that's one verse. You can take any verse out of context and build a theology or belief system, but there's more. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. For there is one God, <laughs> very clearly, one God, and one mediator, that means someone that is bridging between two parties, one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who not just a mediator, but then it says these interesting words, he gave himself as a ransom for all people. The word ransom is talking about then, you know, like when someone's kidnapped or there's something of value that you then have to pay to get that back. And Jesus is here, this man Christ, gave himself as some sort of payment for people. And it's very clearly only one God and one mediator. So again, I'm an 18, 19-year-old, I'm like, wait a minute, these are one, one? And it keeps going, right? Acts 4, verse 12, I'm giving a selection of verses here, so it's not just one. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 Salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved again, again like you can't this you can't you know metaphor this away or something there is no one else no other name by which we must be saved, salvation, peace with God. It's saying once again, one person, one way. Um, that's not you know very PC in our world. And here's one more. First John 5:12. Whoever has the Son has life. The Son is Jesus. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. So, I'm reading these verses as a young guy, and I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> like, I had no idea that Christians believe this. I, um, this was pre-internet, this was you know, 30 something years ago, um, but I knew enough, like there's Buddhists and there's other world religions out there, and I remember feeling very uncomfortable with the thought like, Christians really believe this? What about all these other religions? Like, uh, how, can that, how can that be true? And I was a little irritated about it, thinking like, does that girl behind that table really believe this? What, what if she grew up in Thailand, and we we're at the University of Thailand right now, wouldn't she be giving out the tracks in the, you know, for the Buddhist club on campus? Or if this girl grew up in, in Baghdad. Wouldn't she be right now giving out the tracks about the Muslim club on, uh, club on campus because you know we're in suburban America here in Fort Collins, Colorado this you know there's mainly churches are accepted at that time so wh- what, what's going on here? How can we possibly believe that of all of these world faiths that Christianity's saying that they're only way? Isn't that divisive and, and, and arrogant and hostile even to say that isn't, and and that's what was in my mind. Um, I even had friends, I remember, in order to to, 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 to try to figure this out, I went and did what I thought because I'm like, all right, I know Christianity gets their information from somewhere and I'm reading these little Bible verses, so I bought, the first time in my life I bought a Bible right after this because I'm like, well, where are they getting this from and I wanted to go to the source. And when I did buy a Bible, I, will, I do remember this, that I bought a Bible, and then I had my friends who were non-Christians, uh, they start. I once walked into my living room, and they were kind of talking about me, and everything got quiet, and I'm like, what? I'm like, Dan, we're concerned about you. I'm like, what? We see that you bought a Bible, and like, we're, you, are you joining a cult? And to them, no, think of this, the word, I wouldn't, here, I'm going to say, I'm going to be prophetic here, but... Um, I wouldn't doubt that Christianity, you're going to hear the word, word cult, talked about Christians in America more and more in, in times ahead. It's, it's being talk, mentioned a cult a lot now. But back then, they, they one of them said, like, isn't it a cult? Yeah, you believe in a guy that rose from the dead? And I remember going, like, how do I know it's not a cult? Like, Because you don't know you're in a cult if you're in one, right? How do you know that you're in a cult? Are you in a cult? <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, yeah, all right. But, but the reason that it helped me when they said that, because I'm like, I wanna make sure I'm not. What do Christians really believe? And that is what got me into the scriptures because I had to know whether this was true. Because you know what, if, if being a Muslim is the right way, I'm gonna be a Muslim. If being Buddhist is the right way, I wanna be a Buddhist. I wanna follow whatever truth is out there. And from my searches, you know, from the back then was like, I realize that there is God, there is truth that He imparted to us through Scripture, and there's many reasons to believe it, and so I follow the truth. And these verses, um, I have the Son because I put faith in Jesus. But we're in a world today that that's not the accepted norm. Right? It's changing fast, fast, fast. It's changing. You know, you used to be able to say these verses even 30 you know, something years ago, it wasn't that difficult. You could say it. no one's gonna argue really. Uh, but today, to say that Christianity is the one true faith, you are not going to be accepted too easily. It sounds a lot more abrasive and harsh today. In fact, it isn't sound, it really is abrasive. But I'm going to talk about that. It's actually, if it's true, it's uh, it's not abrasive, but it's abrasive sounding. We are in a world today that the awareness of different religions and beliefs, uh, and to say that Jesus is one way or there's one faith, understandably, it can sound unloving, judgmental, and even arrogant. There are, if you pay attention to online things that are going on. You know, there's images that you'll see, and there's so many of them, but like, you know, yours is the one true religion, tell me again, what's wrong with the other? 4,199 religions of the world, right? Um, Here's another one, you know, there are almost 5,000 gods being worshipped by humanity, but don't worry, only yours is right. Now, if you're a mature Christian, you probably don't even question it anymore, but we always should pause and say, like, wait a minute, how do I answer this? You can't just brush it off. What about your teenagers? If you're a teenager in this room, maybe you're 50 and you're wondering about stuff, you're just exploring. Because these are the questions that are being ingrained over and over and over again and being asked over and over and over again. And I believe next week you're gonna be talking a little bit about the topic of deconstruction. And what I can say is for the most part, and I've watched dozens and dozens of stories now and listened and talked to several people, generally this happens with not actually starting out with the search of the scriptures and then coming—it's generally like, boy, uh, my, the the beliefs that I were taught aren't in alignment with culture anymore. About about world religions or about uh, sexuality or about whatever it might be. Like that's and so now I must—I'm going to then look at things differently because it's not easy to be a Christian anymore that holds to the scriptures. So then it 's easier to come up with a different form of Christianity to then match culture oh, you now it 's okay, and that is what 's going on, and it 's horrifying because it 's deception and people again, when you say the word deception, you don 't know you 're deceived if you 're deceived right that 's again the point of what 's going on and that 's why looking at the that 's why what you 're doing as a church is so great and so important so let 's go into this because What's going on today with more information and especially if you're younger and you're more aware of things and all of a sudden like, man, you know, now you're very aware of all the different world religions and there's things that are being repeated online over and over and over and over again and not just in an academic world but then seeping into pop culture and what you're hearing over is like, wait a minute, there's very similar teachings among the different world religions. Christians don't have the grasp of what is true or what isn't. In fact, you know, you'll see charts like this online all over the place, not just in isolation. If you look, they're all over. In fact, the United Nations building has this very thing uh, by Norman Rockwell put up in one of their lobbies. If you walked in, you'll see it. Um, But like the golden rule, don't you understand that all of the different world religions on this chart, they all teach the same thing. The golden rule is there. And the golden rule, uh, if you look at the Christian verse in Matthew chapter 7, where Jesus then says, you know, in everything, uh, do to others as you would have them do to you. Right? Like that's what Jesus said. But Christians, don't you know that it's also been said you know, in Islam, it says, not one of you truly believe until you wish for others what you wish for yourself. Or in Hinduism, this is the sum of duty, do not do to others what you would cause pain if done to you. And like, all of them, don't you realize, Christians, that the teaching's pretty similar? So to say that yours is better than others, that's totally wrong to be doing. Um, and you'll see this then seep into celebrity pop culture. Madonna you know, will say things like, I do believe that all paths lead to God. It's a shame that we have end, up, end up having religious wars because so many of the messages are the same. All right. And, and I'm, I'm a young person, I'm listening to pop culture, I'm like, ah, oh, that's right, I don't want wars because of my belief, and of course, I mean, that makes sense. Or Oprah, like, you know, again, major pop, pop culture teacher, like, there are many ways, many paths to what you call God. There couldn't possibly be one way, right? Like, that sounds so good, like, okay, I can still be Christian and have my Jesus, but believe that and then I'm not gonna be in clash with people. And that's what's happening. I'm going to shift and deconstruct and then come up with this other, you know, because look, I don't want, I want them. Now, it's, if Madonna and Oprah are here, right there, they're like, hey, Oprah, Madonna, let's talk. Let's talk about what you just said. Or like, I don't want to say, like, lovingly, like, let's talk. If you're right, I want to believe what you're saying. Let's see if what you're believing is right, because this is what it is. It's saying, like, there's all different paths. You know what they're saying, and they all end up leading to God somehow. So just take your path and eventually we'll get to the same place. So is this true though? That's the question. Because that's what's being taught out there more and more. And it certainly is easy to (laughs) believe that because there's no conflict. There's no conflict. You can believe anything and it's okay. Christian is one one way. But is that true? Do all paths then lead to God and are religious basically the same thing? Now, I started showing Bible verses because that's if you're a Christian, you get your beliefs from the scriptures. So I was showing these Bible verses, and, and I don't want to, and reading them just like that, like I did when I was reading that little tract, they come across really confusing and almost offensive and arrogant feeling. I understand that. If you're a Christian, don't get numb to like when you read certain things like, that must sound so absurd to other people. Like, but when I was reading them just like that, I want to look where they come from. Let's look a little bit of the storyline behind them. Because are these verses that I read to you early, are they actually uh, arrogant and unloving and divisive? That wouldn't sound very Jesus-like. So let's go back to the beginning. And what I'm gonna do is very quickly, is like uh, in the beginning when you open up to Genesis and the importance of knowing the whole Bible storyline, in the beginning people worshiped one God. Now um, there's a chart that's gonna go up here and uh, what I'm gonna do is like, picture the chart is like the Bible, so like, you know, the left is Genesis and the right is Revelation. I'm just gonna kinda quickly walk through the storyline of the Bible, and those are different events that kinda happened throughout the Bible storyline. But in the beginning, God created human beings, and, uh, and they're in harmony with God. And it says in Genesis chapter one, in the beginning, God created. In 1 Timothy chapter two, verse five, for there is one God. All right, so one God in the beginning. That actually lines up with, uh, this is a, a, a woman who wrote, uh, not a Christian to my knowledge, wrote a book called A History of God, a professor, a New York Times bestseller, and she studies the different world faiths, and she says that in, there had been a primitive monotheism before men and women started to worship a number of gods. In the beginning, therefore, there was one God. So from her looking at it from the outside, it aligns with the scripture. <laughs> it aligns with, there. in the beginning, there's one God. But then, what occurred was in the beginning, what we know is people worshiped one God and had a relationship with the Creator. And somewhere, we don't know exactly where the Garden of Eden was, but somewhere humans were created and they had a relationship, harmony and peace. And then you read the storyline as it continues in Genesis chapter three. What occurred was there is this creature called the serpent that was brought into the story and was involved in man and woman rebelling against God, and then trying to basically, without being blunt about it, they were saying, like, we know better than God, so we're going to choose things different. And when that happened, it was like a nuclear bomb went off, and a virus infected all of you, all of the human beings. And that virus was what the Bible calls sin. It means we're going to be drawn instinctually and in our nature to go against God's teachings and want to do our own thing. And what you'll then see is as the serpent then raised that up, and then human beings chose willingly to do that, sin entered the world and corruption entered the world. And so if you go to the timeline, what you'll see is that this next piece happened. And when humans rebelled, there, you know, people call it the fall, like we fell away from God, but it was also the loss. We lost the intimacy of being in God's presence at that time. And everything changed. Because then humans, basically then, when sin infected us, like a virus, it caused us to be selfish and ego, and then we started distorting truth. and then we had polygamy begin, and the first murder happened, and male and female hierarchy of abusing women, when men would take multiple wives, and all of these things started happening because then we were pushing God out of the picture and wanting to do things our own way. And then what you'll see, though, is right after this happened, God's so loving, he makes a promise to them, though. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 4 and 5, to Adam and Eve, and then he's saying to the serpent, uh, when, I'm sorry, okay, from the moment humans rebelled against God, we see God promising redemption and then a way of forgiveness. So in Genesis chapter 3, three, fifteen, 15, we see God's saying one to the serpent, I'm gonna put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Right from the very beginning, God is saying, there's gonna be someone, this he, there's gonna be damage that this serpent will do, but there's, this he is going to crush what, what the serpent just did and cause deception and people to think they're, they can be their own God and make decisions. So right from there, God's saying, hey, I'm gonna take care of it down the road. So one day, someone's gonna come that'll change this. And then we see time going on, and if you read through the whole Bible storyline, time goes on, so the chart shows things moving forward, and we see things like in Genesis chapter 11, where as human beings start populating and growing, then they gather together, and this is the Tower of Babel story where they then basically tried to control God in a bad way to make a name for themselves, and do all the stuff to control him. And then God said, hey, you're, you're way out of line here. And then he caused them to be dispersed with different languages. And that's what happened there. And then they, he also said, right after 11, he's like, all right, I'm gonna pick somebody else. And through this lineage of Abraham, um, that person that I promised back then, he will crush his head. And it's gonna be through the lineage of Abraham and that's going to be this person all the world will be blessed through. And so you see the storyline continuing and jumping ahead. It's talking about Jesus here. And it becomes clearer and clearer through time. But what occurs is people then are spreading out right after Bible, and you'll see the map. And people are then spreading out. And there's people in Egypt started worshiping Egyptian gods that they made up. Hinduism then began. You know, major world faith started being birthed as human beings spread out, and instead of going back to the beginning and worshiping the one, they're then worshiping other gods and think, you know, creating things. And so what then occurred is, as they were then dispersed, then you'll see Abraham, remember the story? Judaism started after Hinduism, formally. Judaism was simply the recognizing that Abraham was then saying that the, the, this promised savior would be coming through his lineage And then they started practicing the belief in this one God and this promise of some sort of savior to come. So that was still there, even though these other religions started. And then you'll start seeing what we now know as Jesus prophesied because God wanted them to keep reminding them that someone's going to come, someone's come and come, there's one God. And then Jesus was prophesied long before and during the time the other world religions were being birthed. So that's why these very well-known Bible verses, or say there, like, so what you'll see is in the beginning was one God that worshiped. Genesis 3 was when things kind of went, they rebelled against God, but God promised someone was going to come. And then you'll see the truth, that's the green, kept going, prophecy about, Je- about future Jesus, then Judaism was birthed, and then you'll start seeing the prophets still talking about this person that's going to come, even though other religions were then being birthed by infected with the virus human beings, infected with the virus of sin human beings creating different religions, but the one was still there. Time goes on, but then you'll see the prophets that God had in the people of Israel, Abraham's lineage, then they were saying things like, again, we, we see them, we become so almost numb to them, like, oh yeah, Isaiah, the Lord says that one day a virgin's going to give birth to someone and they're going to call him God with us, Emmanuel. Like, we'll read that, but God's starting to give more like refinement to who's to come. In Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, it even says where this person was going to be born, in Bethlehem. In Isaiah also, chapter 53 you know, it's refining more of this person that's going to come saying he'll be pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities and the punishment that brought us peace is on him and by his wounds we'd be healed. How confusing. It must have been to them like at the time, like I wonder what they're talking about. But God was promising someone was going to come and restore the relationship with human beings and bring his presence and it would God, Emmanuel, God with us. But it would take some sort of sacrifice to happen. So time still goes, these promises are made, people are spreading across the planet, and Buddhism starts, other religions are starting, but that promise still remained, going back to the one true God, and then Jesus is born. So we get up to like the time it all sudden this person's born in Bethlehem. We see him teaching amazing things. He hints about who he is, then he's taken to the cross, and then he's resurrected from the dead. And then as they're talking, all of a sudden, these verses that were promised way back, Isaiah 53, like, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought him was peace, and by his wounds were healed. Isaiah 53, 10 through 12, it was the Lord's will to crush him to cause him to suffer. I mean, this is 700 years, like 5 to 700 years before Jesus. Uh, and make his life a guilt offering. After the suffering of his soul, he would see the light of life, kind of like he was dead, and he came back because poured out, poured out his life unto death, and he bore the sin of many, and then all of a sudden they're piecing it all together, and all of a sudden, wait a minute, all these prophecies from way back, they're talking about what happened at the cross, it was Jesus, right? So would be like, oh, a picture like the, the dawning of that, Been like, oh, and then, then now God's spirit's moving and writing scripture, now let's go back to those verses that sound so arrogant sounding, like then 1 Timothy, there is one man and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people, right? Wait, you'd be like, that's what we're talking about back in the garden. Wait a minute, Genesis chapter three, way in the back, someone's gonna come to crush the serpent's head. Like, that's what happened, right? Then Genesis 11, 12, with the promises made to, um, about Abraham, through Abraham's lineage, Israel, Jesus was born, and all of the world be blessed through Jesus. Then all of a sudden these prophecies, right? All of the truth is still the same. This is what's coming true, right? But at the same time, other people are deciding, I'm going to worship this, worship, develop these different religions. But meanwhile, that, that's the thread that's going through, that's true. And then it's really happening. It's like coming true. It's actually coming true. And so when, G- when you see these verses, Acts chapter 4, verse 12, salvation is found in no one else. There's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we may be saved. No, like also like, oh no, not no, it's like, oh yes, like it's actually happening, this is happening now, oh it's true, what was fulfilled is happening, like the ancient promises, one God in the beginning and all these promises, now they're actually happening, no one else given to heaven because that's who they were talking about all along. Then when Jesus says the words, hey, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father but through me, it's like, it's him, (laughs) it's like, it's him. It's not, it's 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 joy. It's like all of these things were prophesied and told back to the beginning of the garden, and now it's him. So when he's saying this, what happens? Jesus' followers are so excited about it, they want to tell people, and God's spirit's like, Gotta tell Jesus said, Go tell people about me. And so they started moving around and planting churches, and that's when the New Testament was rest of it was written. Um, because they wanted everybody to know this is what this is the one true God and what he promised and Jesus was the, the Savior that was promised from the very beginning. So then people are spreading more, people are talking about churches and then what you'll see is like the timeline goes on, the church is born, uh, we're, we're actively wanting others to know that Jesus, and then 600 years later there's a guy named Muhammad and he's like, I got a vision from God and he's like, it's uh, that's the, the birth of Islam. Yeah, but 622. But now we have to know, like, it's not the same. It's it's apps. The the, the commonalities they both say one God, entirely different God, entirely different way of salvation. Well, I mean, it's not in the same category. So that was birthed, you know, 600 years after Jesus. People are still going, but all along, go to the next chart, right? The truth is there. There's always been one God and other religions are born. You know, like we have witchcraft today and all kinds of different various beliefs because human beings will continually say, I'm going to figure out something and have new religions start. But that's been the truth all along, and you see, Jesus, who is God with us, Emmanuel, talked about, he was prophesied about long before and during the time of all of these other religions that were being birthed. All the time. So then the question, but don't, you know, all these paths still lead to the same God? Like, uh, if so if I would just, be, I've been talking to Madonna and Oprah, I'm like, you see, like, so when he said these words, it's not arrogant, he was just telling, like, what eventually happened... And I like, well, but Dan, but don't, all oh, they still see the same, you know, doing to others as others want you to do to you and all that. You know, it's, it's all the same still. No, wait a minute, but you've got to look at it. Madonna and Oprah, please, let's look at this. And I draw this out. I've drawn this out on a napkin so many times to people. Like, all right, let's look at this. You're saying they all do. There's God. Hinduism, Christianity, Islam. They all eat the same. Is that even true? Now, at a base level, and I'll draw mountaintops, mountain tops, like at a base level, they all, they seem they're the same you know there's some there's good teachings in all world faith there is there's good teachings in every single world faith but once you go past kind of the surface level they end up at entirely different mountaintops most people that say they're all the same you have not yet looked into what their beliefs are they're not the same yes they're similar things but when you look at not just like side issues, like major core issues, salvation, uh, the nature of God, uh, who Jesus is, you will end up, the, you, when you go past the surface, you end up going to like say Hinduism, you'll end up, there's many gods at that mountaintop when you explore it, with some sort of like supreme, some sort of being over hundreds and hundreds and thousands of gods and goddesses. Yeah, that's where you get to that mountaintop. You go to Islam, and there's a God, but Jesus is not God's Son and is not incarnate God in flesh and the cross. That's not the way of salvation. So it's like entirely, entirely different. Entirely different. And then you go to, you know, say Christianity, and it's God, Father, Son, and Spirit, and it's through Jesus and what he said, what he did on the cross, resurrection, put faith in him as our way of salvation, right? They, they don't come to the same, right? When you explore each more faith deep, diff, uh, more deeply, the paths lead to entirely different mountaintops. Madonna, Oprah, please, like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, how can you argue that? Like, they're not the same. They don't end up at the same place. They go kind of, like, totally different places. So the question then is, either one is right and the others are wrong, or none of them are right, and something else is true, right? Either one's right, and they're all wrong, or something else is true, Uh, and I can tell you this, you know, that for me, that's why I had to look at the scriptures. How do I know that the Islam isn't the true way? How do I know that Hinduism isn't the right way? They all have sacred texts, and I don't have this isn't the time to go into that. And as churches, you get taught about this. But, you know, that's why I had to look into this. Where did it come from? Why do I trust it? Is this the inspired word of God and not the Quran? Like, what, why here? And just telling you, like, for me, in my journey, also, I'd be a Muslim up here. I'd be talking about Muhammad. <laughs> you're like, uh, this is true. This is what gives me confidence. The Spirit of God did, and, the, and my life was changed as the Spirit of God in my life has moved me and changed me and this has proven itself true. There's two books I'm gonna just put up that if you wanna explore this, these are good books to look at. Can I really trust the Bible by Barry Cooper or can we still believe the Bible, Craig Blomberg. If you wanna know like why do you trust this because that is what trusting the scriptures is what ended up making me put my faith in Jesus as the true source. And so when I come back to the question, I'll wrap it up here is that the verses then in the Bible Arrogant, unloving, and divisive. If I'm looking at somebody that's like, man, it's divisive, like, here's, here's what I'd say, like, it's not arrogant or unloving to believe in something that's true to be true. Right? It may mean believing that something isn't true then, but that's not arrogant that's, or unloving, it's just truth. You know, and again, I go like Madonna, Oprah, like, it's not arrogant. It's like, if this is true, then it's not arrogant or dividing. It's just saying that something is true. Back to the beginning, one God and one Savior promised, and Jesus showed to be that. In fact, what would be unloving is for me to know that and be afraid to tell others because I'm uncomfortable. What would be unloving is to say, like, yeah, Madonna and Oprah, like, I'm, you know, yeah, that's okay, and just ignore it and instead of saying like, let me draw out these mountain diagrams for you to understand like that can't really be true. It would be unloving to keep this amazing one way truth of God to ourselves because we want as many people as possible to know this one way to Jesus, right? This is why as an introvert, I'm up here now, right? Because if this is true, I gotta tell people I want, to know, I want everybody to know. I want people to know. There's a lot of deception going on. There's a lot of confusion going on. More than ever, we have to be actually active about knowing what we believe, so people are going to be asking questions in the world today. It's like, I want everybody to know. And that's what, it'd be unloving not to say that Jesus is the only way. But not just quoting Bible verses. You've got to kind of like tell me what, what leads up to it so that it makes more sense. All right, um, I've got to end, but... Uh, boy, you know, I'll just say that. I mean, I, I don't have time to go into this last section. Those say, like, what about those that never hear about Jesus, and and about people that are faithful Buddhists, and they, right? God knows, right? God's loving, kind, and just. And before Jesus, there were people, you know, that responded to what they knew of God in nature. In Romans chapter 1, verse 20, it talks about, God reveals himself in nature, no one's without excuse, so everybody will be judged by how they responded to the truth that they had. Um, and God's so loving. But here's what I know. All I know is that we, we are vehicles of truth to people, so I want everybody to know. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna worry about as much complications, I just want people to know. I want Everybody to know as much as possible. And, and we have to. Uh, because um, here's the thing, we're getting in a, we're in a time period right now, that's why I'm so thankful for this church, there is a deception of mass going on around us. If you're a parent or a grandparent or, or if you're a teenager, I'm saying this not as a sensationalist, I'm not an alarmist, I'm like, there is deception in mass going on and, and, and causing confusion, especially among younger people if you don't know the scriptures and all of a sudden these things sound so nice because then there's no, there's no clash with culture. There's no clash with culture to say there's many ways to God so you can still have Jesus and then still, there's still many ways to God. There's no clash in culture to say, you know what, love is love so whatever you want to do is okay, right? Uh, that, there's no clash that. Jesus is about love. So as long as you love each other in a monogamous relationship, whatever, that's okay because Jesus is about love. There's no clash with culture. So all of a sudden, it's now easy like, I'm just going to start believing this because there's no clash. But that's not what the scriptures say. And then people are getting deceived. If you don't know the scriptures, then you're going to get deceived hearing all of this other stuff. That's why you got to know the scriptures. All right. That's all. All right. <laughs> I'm running late
2: I like better stop all right Boy for an introvert that guy's got a lot of enthusiasm. Let's stand together Um, I always like to describe Dan as the guy with the cool hair and uh, I made my hair just a little bit higher this morning in honor of of Dan, but we so much appreciate him and, and his heart and what i would say to you if you're here today or whether you're watching is continue to wrestle if you're still trying to figure it out wrestle but don't settle because i believe that god will reveal himself as you wrestle with it and i always want to throw out for me uh if i can support you in any way call me i have offices all over gilroy and they are all at coffee shops I love to meet with people and talk with people. And so if there's anything that I can do or uh, just reach out to me, I would love to, to connect with you. So um, thank you for being here. Um, go and be blessed. And we'll see you next weekend. God bless you.